We acknowledge the elders of Wadarung and Wurundjeri country where dare to fire is recorded. Sovereignty was never ceded. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to Dare Defy podcast, mother-daughter duo sharing feminist stories from both sides of the wave. There is being courageous and beyond dealing with shit. And Defy is being brave enough to challenge yourself and stand up against shit. And we're storytellers, not experts. Hello, darling. Hello, Izzy. And hello, everybody listening today. Fagan and I are together in Yay. real life. And we're recording today on Wadarung Country. We are. And we've also got a little bit of a bubble because we haven't been able to do this in real life. So, <laughs> Fagan's trying to get the... And I think it doesn't, it doesn't change, that sound does not change. It still gives gives it your fright, but it's like, yeah, that's a beautiful sound. It's a beautiful sound. And just to give a bit of a visual, mum's got this beautiful red crystal, almost resembles the... um, glasses from the um bachelor mansion oh does it and i've got a black <laughs> shitty birthday girl glass with fake diamantes on it for my yes. 18th yes I that was fitting i thought that was fitting and this glass that you've chosen for me to drink out of today was given to me by my mother ah not set up at all but yeah, it's actually true. Oh, I'm not sure if you can, if you can hear the bubbles. Oh, we also just heard your belly go. That wasn't mine. Was it? it? Must have been yours, or Betty's. We've got um, Betty here today, a little little puppy. So we thought it would be fitting for this episode because we are in front of each other for the first time in a very long time. And this is the first time that we've ever done a podcast together. So we thought that we might talk about firsts. Yes. So, but first, <laughs> let's do Slanter. That sounded terrible. Oh, oh that's because of the your Diamantes. crappy one. Oh, that is glass. It's not, it's plastic. Oh, she's drinking out of a crappy shitter, plastic cup and I've got a beautiful crystal. Which again is fitting because I looked down at my pants before and saw that I had a hole in them. Yesterday I was wearing a a t-shirt with a hole in it. Both of my socks had holes in it. (laughs) I've got friends that are buying, you know, Dyson vacuums and all my clothes have holes in them. So that's where we're at. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's where you're at. That's I don't. I haven't yeah, got any holes no, in my clothing today. And I you've got a crystal think. glass, and yes. I've got a plastic one, so. and a beautiful pink silk scarf, and flowers in my hair, and lipstick, and uh, what is that little look, look up and down? What are you doing? I wasn't, looking, I wasn't looking up and down. I've got a scarf on <laughs> and some flowers, and then listeners, she gave me a little look up and down as if to say, "Okay, I was choices." I was. <laughs> I was trying to come up with a description. <laughs> you bitch. And I couldn't. 
but suddenly you've gone for rose gold. And yeah. you, you used to be a silver, silver girl. girl. Yeah. Just gotta mix it up, I think. <laughs> Bubbles. Bubbles. Okay. Okay. So, so talking about firsts. And we've just come up with some with some very basic ones, bras, periods, boyfriends and underage drinking. Yeah, that sums it up. <laughs> yes, just about does. So, Fagan, first bra. So I feel like you might need to fill in some of the blanks here. All I remember is being in Target and it was a Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen bra with pink florals on it. And I don't think I even really had any boobs to fill it. I don't think it really, really was a bra. But I remember feeling like I was growing up. Because I remember from a young age being at Nandy's house and putting my hands underneath my boobs and saying, one day I'm going to be able to do this. I'm going to be able to lift them up and down because I'll have boobs. And sometimes I'd do it like a little homage to my younger self being like, here we go, girl. You got them. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. But why at Nanji's house? Her I just, grandmother's my, house. Yes, my grandmother's house. I don't know. I think that's just the, the first time that I remember doing it. Right. So I, I pin, it to, pin it to that time. Pin it to Nanji. Yeah. That's a nice thing to beautiful. pin to her. Remember she used to have that uh, poster on the, on the back of her toilet door? And oh. that was about... Was it about purple hair or hot flushes? Or maybe it was both. I think it was both. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm old, I will wear purple. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. A beautiful homage to her. Just to remembering, remembering her and how gorgeous she was. Yeah. Yeah. And he's living on in our hearts. Of course. Yeah. So I I, um, I hate to, I really hate to tell you this. (gasps) What? I'm embarrassed. (laughs) What's happening? (laughs) I don't remember your first bra. Oh. Oh, I know. Isn't that oh, – I'm such a horrible mother. That's okay. Oh, is it? Oh. I've, I felt bad about because I actually wrote that down. However, I, in my own defence, <laughs> I do, will come to my own defence, that my first bra was a hand-me-down. Most of my clothes oh, were of hand-me-downs because I had four older sisters. I think by the time mum got to me, it was like – Oh, for God's sake. We bought enough of these. We, like, surely we can find something among your sister's stuff. And I'm like, no. But you would have all been different shapes and sizes. Yeah, and, yeah. But that didn't matter? No. Uh, and it also reminds me, but I do remember my first period with mum for the, for the same reasons, actually, that she, I, I've, I've told her that I've, you know, got my period and, you know, I'm a woman now, like real woman. And um, so she just gave me a pad and said, you just put this in your pants. Oh, okay, that's it. And I must have followed her around for the rest of the day. Well, what happens now? (laughs) Well, yeah, it's like... Oh, that's gorgeous. (laughs) But mum said, can you stop following me? (laughs) She goes, it's just a period. It was like, oh. Well, because you, you were the last, you would have been the last one to get yeah. us. Her mum's obviously one of five sisters, two brothers, but five women in the family. So four of them would have already been there, done that. Yeah. So it was a big thing to you. but it, to, Yeah, but not to mum and not to my sisters who hadn't even told me what to do. Really? Yeah. That was going to be my next question if any of them. No. Did they 
Because I guess there's, a, there's not a massive age difference between the oldest sister to the younger sister. No, they're, they're, it's all about 18 months apart. Yeah. Approximately. But then I guess that still means a few years between, like, Kerry being the oldest, you being the youngest. Yeah. That's quite a few years. Yeah. But it's interesting that they, no, no, no one decided to have a chat. No, nobody. And that's actually carried on through our lives as well. So I'm, I'm just past menopause now and they didn't tell me anything. Really? They didn't tell me anything. So so it was like not what to expect, not how to, you know, organise yourself or no tips, tricks or hot tips um, no or top tips. Yeah. Anyway. I would have thought that would have been interesting to see how it affected you all differently, even though you are sisters, because there would have been things that would have been quite similar but there would have been other things that would have been completely different yeah so it would have been an interesting conversation to have before and and during and I wonder if actually that's come down from mum as well because she was very much a just get on with it girl yeah yeah do you reckon that's a generational uh yeah I think so but also because she had come out from Ireland she didn't have any family here she came to Australia to be the bravest that was like she came from a really big family I think 15 of them, and she decided to come to Australia to to go the furthest, therefore be the bravest. So she was here on so her own. Sense. It does. just makes just fits her her perfectly, doesn't it? It does. So yeah, if if we were <laughs> if we were ever sick or you know it was just you know you'd be right once you get there. I think you, you used to do that to me <laughs> too. Yes, oh, I did. Right. But I I. I I think I like that method now because you are right once you get there. I was telling you guys last <laughs> night that we went to Marsh and I went to Ikea last Saturday and we're a bit hungover. I don't know why the fuck we decided to go there on a Saturday. And obviously people are, you know, now getting approved for houses, so everyone wants to fill their houses with furniture. We decided to go on a Saturday, a bit hung sung. And as soon as we walked into the entrance, I did the one thing that I hate what people do is just stand in the middle where people are trying to walk. <laughs> But I almost had a full panic attack and I hadn't had a panic attack in a long time. Like I get anxious, sure, but hadn't had a panic attack in a while. I could feel it coming on and I was shaking and Marsh was kind of, Marsh, my partner was, you know, telling me to breathe and he was amazing. But I just hadn't seen that many people in such a long time and it was such a sensory overload. And you know what that place is like? You, you go on one way, you can't get out of there. But when we got back to the car, it was like... We were right once more, not once we got in there, maybe once we were <laughs> over halfway, but I was fine. And when I got back to the car, I wasn't feeling any, I wasn't feeling a hangover anymore. I wasn't feeling anxious. It felt like I'd given just the, a, the biggest finger to my anxiety. So I was all right. Once, so it's a good, yeah. it's a good method to, to stand by, you know, to stand by, live by. Yeah, I mean, mostly if you've got your leg cuff, you know, cut off or something, well, you probably won't be. Or if you've got your period and you're following you your mother around. Yeah. So, do you remember your first period? I do. And I remember being very proud of the fact that I didn't cry. It was like, that was one of the first things that I told my girlfriends when I went to school. Because I must have been in year, start of year eight, I think. It's like, I got my period over the weekend, I didn't cry. <laughs> it's like, it's fine if you did, hun. Like, don't be proud of it. But. <laughs> Yeah, I got my period, I'm fine, you know. <laughs> but I got it at a friend's house and at that stage 
much like boobs, I wanted I wanted to get my period. I wanted to feel like a woman. I wanted to be able to have the chats with my friends. Because it very much wasn't like a distinct separation between girls at school that had it and girls that didn't have it. But there was a there was a sense of like superiority or like I'm evolving, I'm mature, I've got my period, you know? And you'd look at those girls and like, oh, I know that she's got hers, you can just tell. <laughs> and a friend of mine, Molly, who lives around the corner, when she had a older sister and she would just tell us everything. So we just wanted to ask her about periods all the time and first kisses and, you know, she'd had sex. And so we'd ask her all these questions and not feel judged and not read in a dolly mag. So she was great. And I remember one day she left and we, Molly and I, carried on the conversation and every five minutes we'd be like, I think I just got it, I've got to go check. <laughs> and of course we never did. But Oh, I feel something. I'm just going to go to the bathroom and check. <laughs> and we're just really hoping, hoping that we got it at that oh, time. And thinking like it, it will happen now because we're talking about it. Yeah. 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 And anyway, first period was at my friend Ree's house and it came and it was a minor freak out moment, but it was kind of like, all right, here we are. This is me changing. And I called you straight away and you you were so excited, but you were like trying to, again, be the cool mum and just like, <laughs> I'm coming to pick you up. So you came over, you picked me up and you took me to... I think the name of the store is Chain Reaction, <laughs> uh, what was then called Wendry Village, and you bought me a cute top. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I remember I think, that. Do you? Oh, yeah, and I wanted you to remember it as well. I wanted it to yeah. be a good experience because we know that, you know, now it's a lifetime of of having periods and wanting and, to punch walls oh, yeah and what that means as well and how little it's celebrated in in society and socially and you know you don't um you don't throw a party when your daughter has a period like why yeah. not I I actually wish I had thrown a party but a t-shirt had to had to do maybe you should have had a uh funeral for after your menopause a funeral oh. for your period Oh, I, I could still do Wait, that. Everyone wears purple. <laughs> yes. Everyone wears purple. Yes. And uh, fans there, you know, still ongoing hot flushes. Is it really? Yeah. Anyway, more about that later. Right, well, funeral now, with aircon. We're both, <laughs> yes, we're both, no, because aircon doesn't work. Really? It doesn't. It doesn't matter. It has no effect on a hot flush because it's coming from inside. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. Nothing, Does it feel like you're in a wetsuit all the to. time? Uh no, like a like a furnace. I do remember stripping off one night and actually going out to the to the driveway, like it was hidden from the street, but just to try and cool full, off. Full starkers. Yep. Jesus, it was full on. Now we're both white cis women, so I went for first boyfriend, but of course it could be first girlfriend, first person. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we can we can leave that for another episode, can't we? Because well, yeah. we're going to delve into. Oh, it still makes me nervous about. <laughs> and actually, delve probably isn't the right word to no. use. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I went with um, first underage drinking. So first underage drinking, I was. I think I was fourteen, just turned fifteen. And I remember 
I remember being so a friend of mine had uh, re actually the girl that I got my period at her house. She had left her left Damascus and went to Ballarat High, and she had you know a big group of gal pals there, two of which I'm still best friends with now, Tess and Claire. And hi girls, hi girls, and we would always go. They would always go out like every weekend and go get drunk. And I was like, ah, oh, you know, maybe I want to get amongst that. What's drinking like? So I went around to Ree's house, and there was probably about six of us and Ree's mum was always the you know the cool mum that would let us drink but she would be very you know responsible of us and make sure we weren't fucking you know going too far but then I guess at the same time we're still untrained drinking but it was controlled you know (laughs) and anyway we went to a party this was a common thing that used to happen around this age where you'd just go to Lake Gardens for like a for a party and then you'd turn up to Lake Gardens and like the you know the estate um and you'd turn up and often there would not be a party but there'd just be people like fucking roaming around trying to fight a party so you'd you'd end up just being in a big group and you'd just walk around everywhere and you'd either perch at a park or you'd Start walking down the street or I don't know. It was, and then I was uh, drinking Red Bears, Raspberry Red Bears. And I was pissed off about two. I remember the feeling of uh, touching my hair and it felt different. So then for the next few years after that, every time I would like move my hair out of my face and if I felt a bit, you know, dizzy or ooh, then I'd know that I was drunk. <laughs> But I think I had my like second kiss that night. Uh, I remember like all of us girls. Uh, her name was Ashlyn. She was you know walking all of us girls at the you know she was at the front and we we're all walking kind of single file behind her and she's like, all right, if you're coming with me, you've got to take your top off. So all these underage girls are walking with. So this is a bit much telling you about this. Well, we're in we're in our bras. Well, we're probably going to Mary Kate and Ashley bra. <laughs> And we're all walking down the street, you know, in our jeans, but just in our bras, kind of, you know, throwing our T-shirts up in the air. I remember just feeling so liberated and because, you know, my high school at that time, no one was doing that. Or if they were doing that, you know, they were they were doing what I was doing, hanging out with people from a different school. So it was very, Damascus was, they kind of, we all started drinking a little bit later. So it was so liberating. And I remember going to school the next day on Sunday and I I just fucking show off. I just wanted everyone to know that I got drunk on the weekend. So I was like, I'm still so hungover from Saturday night. It's like, bitch, you had probably three red bears. You're not hungover. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, it's interesting, isn't it? Is this weird for you hearing all this? No, it's good. It's good. And, you know, if, if it's also about, you know, the relationship because this, this episode is very much about our relationship as well. Yeah. And I do remember having to come and pick you up from a number of parties where... But you must have been over 18 at that stage because otherwise I wouldn't have... I, if I was under 18, I would have said that I was staying at someone else's house. Yeah, yeah. So you must have, must have been over. But I do remember one of our biggest fights was about going out Underage drinking. Going out underage drinking? What do you mean going out? Well, I like going to a club. Yeah, so when we were on holidays together with my sisters. I was overage then. 
I was 21. Yeah, but all the way I remember it. I cuz so what's the law in that country? Cuz that's what I was thinking oh. that it was the law in that country that you had to be I'm sure be it's 21. I'm sure it's 18. Cuz oh, don't people God. go over there for schoolies and Oh, I don't know. Actually people from Perth would go over there for schoolies. Yeah. So I don't, so actually I don't know what it was about, but we ended up screaming at each other which was which was not something that we did no we didn't. we didn't really yell at each other we did things like slam doors and eye rolls eye rolls we've perfected so we both did one just then <laughs> and but this day we did well this evening we did scream at each other and it was because you were going to go to the club with and Kuda, <clears throat> Kuda, with um, with your cousins who were older than you. So, and my sister. Well, actually, do you remember Carrie? Poor Carrie. We're yelling at each other, and Carrie came up to us. To, so the the elder sister came up and said, um, said just just relax. What did she say? She said something that just, sent she us just both say at both that time. Off. Just like um, just um, just be quiet or or something. Because we're in a we we're in like a shopping her. mall, weren't we? We're, we're in, in like street. a shop. We're in the street. Uh, maybe the the After argument the... started in the. <laughs> yes. and it yeah, carried on. it did. Oh, and it carried on, and then on, and then on. Then, so you ended up going, and because my sisters talk, talked me around, I was really unhappy about that. But then we sat at a bar on the street opposite the club. So, so it was fine in the end. So it was fine. It was fine they in the her, end. They got their eyes on us. Yeah. But I think that was you had an interesting take on that fight that we had. We were fighting each other because we couldn't fight anybody else. Yes, because we were, we were over there for Siobhan's, so your sister, my auntie, her 50th. Yeah. So it was all the gals in the yeah, family yeah, and a couple of her girlfriends and we were we were away for 10 days. That was my first time overseas. So just a lot a lot going on and a, you know, you can't you're fully exposed when you're traveling with someone and they they see how you live and you see how they live and sometimes you don't like seeing how they live or vice versa. So it's really hard to navigate that, isn't it? It's hard to set up boundaries, it's hard to recognize when you need to just be on your own for a bit. I have I have feel like I've gotten a lot better at that now though. But it's it takes a while to learn. So we had nowhere to project our shit or our annoyances. Oh so to drop. Yeah, there was We no, yeah. knew that we could do it to each other. Well no, we didn't know that we could do it. We just did it to each other and it was like reflecting of reflective of all the other shit that's going on. We're like, right, we're in this, we're going fucking ham and we did. Yeah. And and we were actually fine the next day. Absolutely I think fine. Because, well, closer because of it. Yeah. And because I think we realised that while we can go at each other, and I think this is what happened when Kerry came over and tried to say something to us, it was like, <laughs> back the fuck off. This is, we're doing this thing. We don't care where we are at the moment. We, are, we, we were embarrassing her. But I just, I literally could not give a fuck about that in that moment. 
it was just it was on for young and old between I hope she's having you a bit of a giggle I. right now <laughs> she is too so yeah because that wasn't her fault either but it was just nobody else can do to us what we do to us totally yeah and yeah and I think we are I think that was <clears throat> a moment of of us being much more together yeah but then when we traveled to Ireland uh a few years ago for a family reunion again it was all the sisters, all the sisters and just you as the that you know that generation oh, that was a lot that was a lot but that was a lot because we were living we were all living in one yeah. little apartment and it was just and such oh different personalities between all of you yeah all so very different and just seeing how seeing how you all handle certain things was such an eye-opener some would sit back in certain things and I'd be like, oh, I would have thought that you probably would have arced up a little more. I'm actually surprised by this one over here because, you know, it was it was really interesting. And then when things kind of – remember that one night things kind of kicked off and you and I went and had dinner and you were, you know, a bit, you know, a bit fed up, as you do when you're travelling. Mm. And with your sisters as well because they know, all know – you all know each other inside and out. So it's a similar thing with you and I. You can kind of like keep poking and then – Eventually you've poked too far, but you need to recognise that you've poked too far. And yes. I think that's what happened with you. And I was like, Mum, you just need to stop giving it. You need to stop giving a fuck. Just don't worry. They're going to keep poking, but you're taking their bait. Just stop. Yeah, yeah. And that was a really good lesson for me as well. And the other lesson that I learnt there was that I am my mother's daughter. So what Mum used to do was because there were so many kids and we were, you know, obviously, you know, walking in front of her, you know, whenever, mm. whenever, because we, we would just surround her, right? If we were down the street or, I don't know, going somewhere, we'd kind of just surround her. So what she would do, um, <laughs> and I'm making the shape with my hand of um, like bending my two top fingers, but she would put her knuckles in your back and... <gasps> And she would push. So she wouldn't hit you, but she'd put her hands, her knuckles in the middle of your back, just rest them there and then then push. And I realised that it's not only me who does that, but the, but my sisters do it as well. So in Ireland, when one of them did that to me, I fucking flipped. I just flipped. And, and they knew thought, they would have known and they would, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, well, actually, I do wonder if they mm. if they knew. But then I, at some point, must have done that to you. Well, and you snapped your head back so fast <laughs> and took a piece of me. And it was like, oh, my God, I'm just, I'm doing the same thing. How could I, literally, how could I stop myself from being my mother's daughter? And I'm my mother's daughter, so I flipped out too. Yeah. So we're we're good at we're good at flipping, but we're good at being together as well. Like how, I have a beautiful beautiful memory of um, reading books to you and Merlin when you were quite young, and I decided that we would do that because my mum never read to me, not because she didn't want to, but because there are just too many kids. Like. Mm. She must have been exhausted, like most of the time, you know. And my dad was someone who would proudly tell people that, yeah, he's got seven kids and he's never changed a nappy in his life. So he would be proud of that fact. Um, so she just must have been exhausted most of the time. 
anyway, reading wasn't a wasn't a big thing, but I thought that's something that I can give you kids. So as a family, the four of us, the mum, the dad, and the two kids would um, jump on a bed together. Um, usually Merlin's bed for some reason and we would read stories and then then that kept going and then we decided oh why why would we read stories when we can make stories up and so (laughs) we had an opening this didn't actually last very long and this is why that we would say we'd say to Merlin so once upon a time and then he would tell us like this outrageous story right and it would go forever you know, and we're almost all falling asleep on the bed. Then we go, now it's Fagin's turn now. Oh, so finish your story. Yep. <laughs> so he'd finish the story. And then we'd go, Fagin, once upon a time, and you would just go, horsey. <laughs> <laughs> like every night for, I don't know, maybe Did it lose a year. Its, lose its, yeah. Yeah. Well, then we all started saying it. And then it was a bit of a joke because <laughs> we'd, we'd all go, so once upon a time, and then the whole four of us together would go, horsey. horsey. Okay, good night. <laughs> so I've kind of wrapped it up for you then. Yeah, you did. Yeah, with, with a horsey comment. So I just think that a horsey story, not a comment. I think that our relationship is good because we have spent time together. We can be ruthlessly honest with each other. So last night <laughs> you turned to me and you go, Mum, you've got something on your teeth. It's like... I'd only just seen you for five minutes. Like, oh yeah, okay. So is that it's gone now. Yeah, yeah. Well. But it's good. Wouldn't you rather know you've got 100%. you know snot hanging out your nose and need to do something about it? <laughs> but speaking of ruthless, <clears throat> excuse me. One thing that I think you have taught me is to be ruthless and to forever stick up for myself and. Sometimes it would embarrass the fuck out of me, but now I realise how important that was to not let certain situations get the better of you or let that sleep. It's like, you know, we were having a discussion last night about it. Sometimes you, you pick your battles if you have a, you hear someone at a bar saying, you know, feminism doesn't exist and we're all equal. You know, you can either choose to step in, which I have done multiple times and I remember doing that at uh, Lake's entrance at a TAB and he called me a... He called me a dog, but it was a specific breed. And I called him a F and C as he was walking out. And I was like, you want to get the last word, don't you? <laughs> but I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. And he's like, you're a fucking God, you're a fucking. And I was like, bye, honey. I did your little, love you. Bye, take care. He wanted to rip me to shreds. Uh, like, anyway. That, um, that false, that false bravado. That's awful, but it, it's so it's, sarcastic and it, takes people's the top of their heads off because it's better than it's better than giving giving back to them what they're giving to you yeah it's another level it's like i just don't even care about what you have to say but guess what i love you i love you give a little (laughs) kiss oh god it's torture but a few stories come to mind when i think about the guts in you and how you've you've really stuck up stuck up for me in a lot of moments which i cherish one of the times being, I remember, I must have been in year seven. So I was, you know, starting to go through puberty and I was at a dance school and we were getting our costumes for the end of year recital. 
And it was like a crop top and a short. And, you know, that was around the time where I was like, I want to start hiding myself because that's what a lot of women and men go through because of, you know, society and how we need to look a certain way. But it was like a crop top and a short. And I just did not feel comfortable. I did not want to be wearing that. And I mentioned to the teacher if there was anything, anything to cover my stomach. And I heard her, no, she called me a, she called me a effing bitch. And I heard her say that. And I was like, uh, what? But I was in year seven, so I just didn't really say anything. I went out to the car because you came and picked me up. I told you what had happened. And you just went, put the handbrake up. Got outside the car, stormed straight in there. What did you say to my daughter? And I was kind of, I came in, but I was kind of hiding behind the door to see what had happened. And the owner of the dance school was there and the teacher. And in front of the teacher, she completely denied what had happened. So I, I left that dance school after that. But thank you for just storming straight in there and be like, no, no, I'm going to deal with this. You know, if my daughter doesn't feel equipped because she's young and she doesn't know how to, I will show her how to. Another time when Sister Mari called, Sister Mari was the sister of our my high school. She called me and friend, Fran Tarts, because a friend of ours had a photo of Fran and I in our bikinis from year eight camp. And we've got our hand in the air and we're kind of like posing as, you know, 14 year old girls do nothing hoochie, even if it was hoochie, that's our prerogative. But she called us Tarts. And um, you didn't call. You came straight in, straight to the reception. I'd like to speak to Sister Mari, please. And you fucking gave it to her. You served it on a fucking platter and you gave it to her. It was amazing. I I was really angry about that, not only for the tart comment, but also because she blamed you girls for being in a picture that people were sharing. Yeah. And I said to her, so if if there is some kickback on the girls for this, for just appearing in a picture, like mm. they just had a photograph taken of them, what what is the what are you going to do with the boys? Oh, nothing. Well, they weren't in the picture going, but they're the ones that were sharing it. I don't I don't understand if that picture is wrong. And for me, it was not wrong. No. It was it was a gorgeous picture of two young girls Happy. having fun. Yeah, it was just it was so terribly wrong, and that was really that was really depressing. That just gave me um, no reason to trust her or the school. Mm. But to her, um, to her, whatever that word is, credit to her credit. Thank you. Whatever that word is, <laughs> <laughs> to her credit. She, I don't know if you remember this, but she um, rang up a week after and said she'd thought about it and that, um, and that I was right, that it was, that it did have to do with the boys, not the girls in that situation. And that they, and then she told them off or something. I don't know. I had no idea about that. Yeah. So. Which is good. But yeah, it it just really cements that. Ah, uh, that like inequality of shit with men and women, and she, that would have been a very generational call from her. But also, like, how the fuck do you deal with this? You know, some of the things that you would have dealt with in high school would have been completely different for the things that I dealt with. Photos and stuff and sharing being one of them. So you would have just had to 
run yeah. with it and be like, how do, how do I approach this? As we go along. But like, like I feel that over my lifetime I have, because I always felt really out of sync because I came along after the the 1970s women's movement. Like I was, I was a child at that time, you know, so didn't take part. So my feminism really arrived for me in the 80s when – it was kind of, you know, saying, oh, well, we've got equality. So, you know, society is saying we've got equality. So that's we're all good now, aren't we? And it's like, well, no, we're not. Like we still uh, have not got um, an equal and fair rate of pay. We There is still so much violence against women. Women are overrepresented in homelessness. You know, just the, the list just went on and on. And I was part of a group that set up uh, a refuge in, in this area. Um, and it was one of the first in Victoria, I think. Anyway, the and I feel like so at that time I had a lot of guts and passion and, you know, and even when you kids were growing up that that I felt was part of it. But I feel like it really leveled off for me. Like I, I you get to a point where you go, I, well, well that, that's just how it is. You pick your battles, right? You pick mm. your battles, which is what we talked about earlier. But you've taught me so much. So at, um, do you remember at Anor, we were doing some auditions for a film that I was making and you had organised all the auditions and we were had hired a, a room for the day and people were coming in and there was an older male character, a younger male character and there was a, um, a younger female character who was the, the lead. So we'd done all these auditions all day and the, the older guys were, you know, I think they were towards the end of the day. Anyway, after one of them, the the guy who had done the audition turned around. There was quite a few people in the room at this stage and he made a sexist remark and I kind of went, oh, you know, like, oh, yeah. But you and I think one of the one of the other young women just turned to him and said, "What are you saying? Like, what what do you mean when you say things like that?" And I thought, "Fuck yeah! Where did where did I go?" But I was so grateful to you and to that other young woman for for standing up when I'd just accepted that. I you know through my life had had just gotten to the point where I just accept yeah. that older men are like that. It's like I, you know, not going to teach him anything, but it was great, and and I'm like, yeah, go girls, <laughs> and he um, he, you know, sent an email that I, and rang, I think, to apologise afterwards, right. and says I don't know, I don't know what I was thinking, blah blah blah, you know, whatever, but I, but I had, I had accepted it, I'd, you know, go and oh, ha, ha, yeah, know, with, a, with a smile on my face, like. You know, you just have to appease the guys. Yeah. Well, because it's an ongoing fight. It's, you, you know, it can be exhausting sometimes, but that's what it is. We're not equal. No. But that would have been a real full full circle moment because that was, you would have seen, like, that was you being yeah. me. Yeah. Oh, that was you being me. That's beautiful. Oh. Should we have been going for 38 minutes? Oh, 
Well, we should probably finish up. But I think that is a beautiful description of where our relationship has developed. So one of my favourite things in the entire world is just lying on a bed together, laughing and talking. And that was one thing that we did have a chance to do while we were travelling together. Yeah. And I that was something... We got very pissed on the way back and <laughs> I uh, showed mum Snapchat filters you know the one with the the big mouth oh. and your face is tiny. We were rat shit pissed on that flight. We were like, ah, oh, another risky. And then the cute oh. um, stewardess was like, oh yeah, I've got a cool playlist. Listen to this. We're like, ah, oh, all right, got more by Jamisons on the rocks. We were <laughs> fucked. Then when we got to the next airport, our hangover, our hangover had hit. But we were. <laughs> Yes, we should probably release that little Snapchat video. How are you going there? Oh, my I'm God. going all right. It's How still, are you going there? It still makes me laugh. Yeah. I like just stupid laugh. Like, oh. We'll have to post that so along funny. with the, the yeah. episode. How are you going there? I'm going all right. How are you going there? <laughs> oh, and maybe because we laugh at the same stupid things as well. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, thank you for uh, expressing your firsts with me and thank you for listening to mine. And I think that was that was our second episode and we wanted our listeners to understand a little bit more about you and I and our relationship. And I think moving forward, we will have oh, not more structured episodes, but we'll have specific topics that will then branch off. But I guess well, that was a specific topic. Oh, we're doing well until I just <laughs> fucked that, didn't I? <laughs> The bubbles is getting oh, to me. Well, look, cheers, darling. Cheers, darling. Oh. My pants then. And a pause. Uh, oh, so cool. we should dare. <laughs> <laughs> we should dare our audience in our segment. <laughs> oh, oh, what's that, man? God. So our dare. What was our dare again? We our dare, dare you was to have discussions with your. With your own mothers, your grandmothers, your stepmothers, your best friends, your neighbour, your doctor. Someone who maybe has had a mothering role. Yes. For you. And have these discussions that uh, Ezzy and I have had about your first period or your first bra or just anything that's been your first. And it just really opens up a conversation. And if you feel like letting us know how that conversation went or something interesting that you found out, Please feel free to message us at Deadify Podcast. No, Podcast on Instagram. On the Instagram. Yeah. There. So send us a video or just, you know, write us a write us a comment or a story. And you can listen to Deadify Podcast. All the links are on Instagram, but uh, we are across um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. iTunes. And iTunes, that is Apple Podcast, isn't it? Very good. <laughs> so we dare you to do that. Oh, dare you to listen as well, <laughs> of course. Oh, dear. And 
Are we going to do our Dance Every Day segment beginning today yeah, or next so. episode? Yeah. Well, you are going to love Erin, not just because she's Erin, but that is a good reason too. Uh, her music is fabulous. So this is um, kicking off today. So As of right now. Fagan and I are both big proponents of dancing. We love to dance and anytime we get together we dance and when COVID hit I wanted to challenge myself to dance every day and I've done just that with a couple of other friends, a Zoom, Zoom meeting, 6.30 every night I've been dancing so we thought we would like to challenge everybody listening to the podcast to give it a go. Dance every day. It could be five seconds, ten seconds, half an hour, but just give it a go. And on that, so each episode will have a local musician come chat to us about the importance of dance and where to find their tracks so you too can have a little boogie. So on the first ever Dance Every Day segment, we have the curator of colourful sounds, the psychedelic goddess, Erin Grace. Welcome. <laughs> Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks for coming on board, girl. It's gorgeous to have you on. What an amazing intro. Thank you. <laughs> so what have you been up to, Erin? Well, in isolation, I've been really I've just been playing a lot of guitar, been making music and learning how to skateboard, which has been great. It's really occupying me, actually. <laughs> And working as much as I can. And Erin, just on the dance every day, how, how do you feel when you dance? I, I really love dancing. I used to be a bit of a club rat and I got very into the dance hall. <laughs> um, it's, it's great, but I'm also a rock musician, so I appreciate heavy dance as well. Um, I love it. It's like, it's very tribal to me in a way. It's like uh, an opportunity to lose yourself in the oneness of the movement of everyone around you. It's anonymizing, I think, which I love about it. We live in this world where we rarely get to be anonymous anymore. Uh, there's, there's rarely those moments, I feel, in, of just losing oneself in everything around you and I I like to lose myself when I dance and I love it that's gorgeous, that's gorgeous. <laughs> um and how how do you feel when other people dance to your music I I feel that same sense of oneness it's a connection um I feel like I'm communicating like it's getting through like we understand each other at that point which is really a privilege to be able to help curate that experience with other people because it means so much to me. And yeah, I, I love to be able to give, give it back if I can. That is absolutely gorgeous. Tell us about <laughs> the track that everyone's going to hear and everybody will be dancing to. Oh, thank you. My first track for my, my new musical project, Cryptic Colour, it's called Right to Life. And it's a very feminine expression of 
music for me. I try to play guitar in a very feminine way, a distinctively feminine way. I think the instrument's been interpreted a lot of the time through male hands over the past century of popular music. And so I'm really trying to just present it in a very sensitive, feminine way and uh, talking about concepts in the lyrics that are not materialistic. I really want to depart from that. We get so much of that in popular music now. And I think for me, it's much more meaningful to talk about the meaning of life and the search for meaningfulness. So that's what this song is about, the right to life. Wow, that sounds so powerful and it sounds like something that everyone is going to want to dance to. Erin, where can we find your music once it once it's out? I'm on Bandcamp. I'll just find my link quick. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, so it's crypticcolor.bandcamp.com. We're also on Facebook, Cryptic Color and Instagram. And it's one word, C-R-Y-P-T-I-C-O-L-O-U-R. Beautiful. Beautiful. And we'll, we'll pop that onto the Instagram as well so people can access it there. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Erin. And good luck, everybody. Head out there and dance to this beautiful, beautiful track. And we'll catch you for the next podcast wherever and however that might be. <laughs> catch you all Thanks later. Thanks again, Erin. Bye. Thank you. Shalom. Dance every day, even if it's just for five minutes. Listen, you hear a song, just dance, or put on a song and dance. Smack your thighs and move your hips. <laughs> or just dance. Or just That's dance. all right. Don't think about it too much. Just <laughs> yeah, dance. Just dance. All right, well, thank you, everyone, for coming on this journey. Have a splendid evening. Love you all, and I love you, my darling. Love you all, and I love you too, Izzy. Bye. Bye.